رادیو رومی Hi everyone, welcome back to Radio Rumi. I hope you're all well. I look forward to spend the next few minutes with you all and talk some more about Rumi and some of the great ideas and concepts that we can extract from his poetry. I hope that listening to these series will bring some fun and make your life more meaningful. Now today, I am going to talk about what I will term the motion of change. And let me say one more time, today I'm going to talk about the motion of change. Now, you might say, why do we need to talk about motion? Um, because our lives often seem very stationary in some ways. We get up in the morning, go to work, eat lunch, do some more work, come back home, and so on and so forth. But I'm going to um, argue today that based on the worldview of Rumi, we are and our lives are a series of constant changes. And it is important to pay attention to these changes and try to understand them. And one of the greatest of all these motions, and yet one of the hardest to detect, is change itself. Change is, in a way, the constant movement we are dealing with, irrespective of the personal choices that we make. Now, some of our personal choices might make a difference, but others might not. And everything that surrounds us also go through these changes. Uh, for example, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry. The night turns into day, and day turns into night. Youth turns into old age, and winter turns into spring and summer and so on and so forth. So in that sense, no other constant so accurately reflects the nature of our existence and the dynamics of our interaction with ourselves, with the world, and with love, which is a very important concept, as I'm sure you are very aware of for Rumi. 
and expressed in his poetry. Indeed, one way to understand the ongoing movement of the universe is in terms of change. Love itself, Rumi's lyric reminds us, can be appreciated only if we are aware of its kinetic or moving uh, nature, if we are aware of the kind of change it brings to our lives. This will in turn lead to the understanding that we act differently at different stages of our lives because in some ways we are different people at different stages of our lives and understanding this is very important. Now listen to what Rumi tells us about how he went through some of these changes. Morde bodam, zende shodam, gerye bodam, khande shodam, dolate man dolate yande shodam. I was dead. I came to life. I was a cry. I turned into laughter. The fortune of love fell upon me and I turned into everlasting fortune myself. He said, and now this is the beloved, and I'm translating this as he, you can actually translate it as she, because in Persian, as I've said before, third person pronouns don't have a gender. So he or she said in Persian, goft, goft kedivan nei, لایق این خانه نی رفتم و دیوانه شدم سلسله بندنده شدم She said, you're not crazy You do not deserve to live in this house I became crazy I put myself in chains گفت که تو مست نی رو که از این دست نی رفتم و سرمست شدم he said, you're not drunk enough. Give up this pretense. You're not the right type. I became drunken. I became full of enchantment. He said, or she said, گفت که تو کشته نیی در ترابا خشته نیی گفت که تو کشته نیی در ترابا خشته نیی پیش رخ زنده کنش کشته و افکنده شدم. She said, you're not dead. You're not smeared with joy. Before her life-giving face, I fell and I died. گفت که تو زیرککی مست خیالی و شکی گول شدم، هول شدم و از همه برکنده شدم. She said, you are a little too intelligent, affected with fancy and disbelief. I became foolish. I became ignorant. I freed myself of all. گفت که تو شم شدی. قبله این جم شدی. گفت که تو شم شدی. قبله این جم شدی. شم نیم. جم نیم. دود پراکنده شدم. She said, you've become a light-giving candle. You have become a Kaaba to these people. Not a candle, not even together. I became 
dispersed like smoke. So, he goes through a series of major changes, some almost like dying, and at the end, he is the smoke, dispersed. In fact, he kind of comes undone, and all at the behest of the Beloved, all because the Beloved tells him to do that. So, you may ask yourself, why? Why? Is this a kind of arbitrary exertion of power that leads the Beloved to expose the lover to hardship? Is the Beloved just interested in saying, I can do this, and I am going to ask you to do it, and if you dare, you know, don't do it? Is it a simple act of daring? Like, I don't know, preschool kids daring each other to do things? Or does it have a meaning? And I want to say today that, yes, indeed, it has a lot of meaning. It is an attempt by love, or the beloved, to force the lover out of his or her hiding place, to experience and understand change. Now, what do I mean by hiding place? Very many of us, maybe all of us, we build ourselves a comfort zone. We sit where we like to sit. We eat what we always like to eat. We read the kind of material that gives us joy and satisfaction. Only interact with people we are very comfortable to interact with. And what this force of love is trying to tell us is that that's a kind of falling asleep. That's a kind of maybe death even, although that word may seem a little bit harsh to you. The beloved or the force of love is out there to say, you have to get out, you have to change, and you have to think about this change and understand this change. Now, I want to also add that the beloved, no matter how you define this beloved, you might define the beloved as divine, or you might define the beloved as just another human being, or um, just a force that is, doesn't fit in any of these definitions. No matter what that definition is, I want to say that according to the perspective that Rumi brings to us, that beloved himself or herself changes also. And that is because the beloved can become different things to us at different times. And in this way, the dynamics of the relationship, again, keeps us alive. And it's like we are playmates with this force of love or with this beloved. And we go through constant changes and seeing each other and discovering each other anew. A very interesting way he talks about it in, in another poem is... گرد و صد خانه کنی زنبوروار چون مگس بی خان و بی مانت کنم If you make yourself a hundred homes like bees do 
you've seen bees hives how it has those little holes that um, multiple bees can get fit in so the force of love says if you build yourself a hundred houses like bees I shall make you as homeless as a fly but that's a beautiful longer result so let me read it to you in the original and also translate more of it because I think it's worth staying with and keeping it in its multiplicity. آشقی بر من پریشانت کنم آشقی بر من پریشانت کنم کم امارت کن که ویرانت کنم You're in love with me I am going to make you bewildered. Don't build too much because I want to have you in ruins. Yatasat khane koni zamburvar chon magas bi khan o bi maunat konam. If you build 200 houses for yourself like bees I will make you as homeless as a fly. Now here he has a very interesting explanation. تو بران که خلق را حیران کنی من بران که مست و حیرانت کنم Now we do have this kind of obsession with getting the people around us to approve of us, to be surprised by our abilities, to be kind of admiring us. So he's like, you are set to get the people to be all amazed by you. But I am set on my goal of making you drunken and bewildered. تو بران که خلق را حیران کنی من بران که مست و حیرانت کنم گر که تو قافی تو را چون آسیا آرمن در چرخ و گردانت کنم This is a beautiful line that has a very direct connection with the activity of whirling which as you know Rumi started doing and it became part of the regular practice of his tradition. گر تو قافی تو را چون آسیا آرمن در چرخ و گردانت کنم Even if you are like Mount Gough Now mountains are heavy and motionless So even if you're as heavy and as stable as mount off, I am going to turn you into the wheel of a mill. And like that wheel, I'll make you turn and turn and be in movement. Warto aflatunu logmani be elm. Man be yektida. Even if you are a Plato and a Logman, Logman is a legendary figure who was 
the embodiment of wisdom and knew how to heal people and was a physician. So here Rumi says, even if you are a Plato or Norman, our own version of Plato, man be yek didar with one glance, with one coming face to face, I'll make you totally ignorant. Now, why totally ignorant? You might say, knowing is a very good thing. Why would he want to make us ignorant? Because every once in a while, he wants to remind us that if we feel we know so much, we are close. We are not able to open up and learn more. So, every once in a while, he says, it's not such a bad thing to be ignorant. It's not so bad to feel you don't know that your jug is not full so that I can pour some more of my water into your jug. Masare Gyanji Chomori Khoftei now, there are these old stories in various Eastern traditions that treasures are always covered and on top of that cover, they're buried somewhere and on top of that, there is a serpent, a huge snake lying there. In other words, all the good things are hidden somewhere where it's not easy to get them and we have to work hard and we have to come face to face sometimes with danger. So here Rumi says, um, you are like a, like a snake falling asleep or a snake that has fallen asleep on top of a treasure. I am going to make you like, a, like an injured snake. So what happens to injured snakes? They start turning and twisting and moving. And in a way he's saying, it's painful sometimes to start moving around. It's easier to fall asleep on top of your treasure. But if you fall asleep there, you will never discover that treasure. So I'm going to bring you to life, even if it involves getting you a bit injured. And then he uses... He uses an image which is attributed to Jesus, the life-giving figure of Jesus. And in the Eastern traditions among the Muslims, Jesus once brought a dead birth to life. So he's comparing himself to that life-giving figure. And he says, in my hands, you're like a dead bird. I am able to turn you into a trap. For other birds. In other words, I'll catch you and I not only I catch you and I make you to fall into the trap that I have set for you, I'll make you into a trap for other birds. In other words, you can become your own roomie. I'll first catch you and then you will build your own system of connecting with other people. Listen to the Persian. And then he says, I know, I know you're doubtful of 
all of these. You're asking me to give you explanations. You're asking me to give you reasons. But you know, whether you have a reason or not, I am going to turn you yourself into a convincing reason. Now, how beautiful is that? How convincing is that? Because if you turn into the embodiment of a concept, people around you will see it. You yourself will see it. There is no need for argumentation and justification and all the stuff we do to convince ourselves and others. I have packed a lot into this particular uh, program and given the fact that it really is about a very fundamental concept within Rumi's philosophy, which is expressed beautifully through the motion of whirling, through his own poetry that brings about a lot of change uh, and embodies a lot of change. I think I'm going to not go much further and stop this particular episode of Radio Rumi here, except for I'll do one more thing. I'll just read this beautiful poem in the original Persian for you again. Just listen to its music. It is totally amazing. Aushari Barman Parishonat Konam آشقی بر من پریشانت کنم کم امارت کن که ویرانت کنم گرد و صد خانه کنی زنبوروار چون مگس بیخان و بیمانت کنم تو بران که خلق را حیران کنی من بران که مست و حیرانت کنم گر که تو قافی گر که تو قافی تو را چون آسیا و آرمن در چرخ و گردانت کنم بر تو افلاتون و لغمانی به علم من به یک دیدار نادانت کنم بر سر گنجی چون ماری خفته ای من چون مار خسته پیچانت کنم تو به دست من چون مارغی مرده ای من سیادم دام مرغانت کنم خواه دلیلی گو و خواهی خود مگو در دلالت عین برهانت کنم and that beautiful rhythm have a wonderful time and goodbye until our next episode of Radio Rumi